Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Cotton Grower Magazine's Cotton Companion Podcast. This is Jim Stedman, editor of Cotton Grower, alongside my colleague and good friend, Beck Barnes. And I'm pretty sure that wherever you live and work, you've just come through some cold, tough weather, especially those of us in, here in the Cotton Belt states. Mother Nature simply could not hold back in dropping snow, ice, and some sub-zero temperatures to help us get 2024 off to a chilly start. Beck, how'd you survive? Yeah, yeah, man, it was tough. And I know that, you know, we weren't the only ones who got some of this uh, cold, what do they call it, uh, whatever it was, super cold snap. I mean, it was like zero, you know, into the negatives here in Memphis, Tennessee, of all places. So, and I know that north of here, I got buddies in St. Louis, it was like well below zero. Uh, man, it was tough. I, I tell you what, it was the Sunday before the MLK holiday. So that's Sunday, Monday, the 14th and 15th. And I had gone down to the Delta to do some deer hunting. And wife got on the phone and said, uh, the weather's coming. You better beat it here. And so, yeah, I start the two-hour drive up to drive up 55 and not 55, rather, Highway 61 through the Delta up to Memphis. And it, it is the weather is arriving as I'm driving like around through Clarksdale. And man, it was it was treacherous. Like it was hairy. Um, I'm like creeping along at 40 miles an hour for, you know, what should be a two hour drive is more close to three, three and a half. And he, yeah, Jim Cantori was in Oxford, uh, that I think that Monday or Tuesday, and he did that same drive that I'm talking, he drove up to Memphis from Oxford and he mentioned on his show, he's like, that, that was the hairiest drive. You know, he follows weather all around. He's like, I, I've driven on a lot of sketchy weather situations he goes that was the sketchiest we've done uh anyhow yeah it's been it wasn't great road wise all all across uh the mid-south area and and i know in other parts of the belt yeah well it's it's well documented how much you enjoy cold weather back so i am not a i come from a tropical people yeah i don't do i don't do the cold i'm not gonna do it well thankfully as we're recording today this snow is rapidly melting away uh we've got some warmer temperatures and some rain uh, in some cases, a lot of rain coming. Uh, all of that has moved in, and uh, considering a good portion of the Texas and Mid-South areas, we're still experiencing some high levels of drought. All of this New Year moisture should be beneficial in busting some of those drought conditions, as well as helping replenish some of our waterways, especially the Mississippi River. Uh, all that would be great as we start looking ahead to, uh, to a new planting season. But for this episode, we're going to turn our attention to agricultural technology, and we're going to take a look at some of the new tools and apps that are available to growers and consultants to help them with data processing, planning, and production management. Our colleague, Matt Hopkins, who is Senior Online Editor for Meister Media's Agribusiness Division, tracks all of the latest and greatest ag tech for our company, and he's recently published his updated list of the best mobile apps for agriculture and that's something he's been monitoring and compiling for more than a decade. He's going to join us in just a few minutes to discuss his latest list and some other technical points of interest to keep an eye on. Yeah, that's right. Can't wait to hear that, Jim. But first, uh, our sponsor partner, the American Cotton Shippers Association, they've got a brief message they'd like to share. The American Cotton Shippers Association, also known as AXA, is a trade association primarily made up of cotton merchants founded in 1924. AXA members manage the majority of the world's cotton trade, providing services of merchandising, delivery logistics, and risk management to their customers. AXA is proud to be celebrating its 100th anniversary this year 
Join them in Scottsdale, Arizona in June 2024 for their centennial celebration event. All right. Thanks to our friends at AXA for that message and for their support. Now, we do have one quick item of interest to share uh, from the Cotton Grower News Desk, and that is that we want to offer our congratulations to Mr. Jason Moss of Stinnett, Texas, who is the recipient of the 2023 Joseph J. O'Neill Cotton Marketer of the Year Award that's sponsored by the good folks at BASF. Uh, Jason and his partner Chris Bonner uh, farm 8,000 acres in the Texas panhandle northeast of Amarillo including more than 2,000 acres of cotton. Now, he grew up on a family farm in West Central Illinois, which he also still farms, and has spent more than 15 years in marketing, consulting with growers in multiple commodities. Uh, as you can tell, he's got an interesting story. You can read more about Jason's story at cottongrower.com and in the February issue of Cotton Grower Magazine. And uh, you can listen for an interview with him in an upcoming episode of this podcast, The Cotton Companion. Now we'd like to welcome our colleague and resident ag tech expert, Matt Hopkins, back to the Cotton Companion. Matt, how you doing? Uh, things thawing out for you up there in Northeast Ohio? I'm doing well, Jim. Uh, yes, <laughs> things are starting to thaw out here in Ohio, um, and it's great to be back on your show. Well, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, we've it's been a couple years since we uh, we had you on to talk about your your apps list and. I venture to say it's uh, safe to say that list has changed quite a bit since then. Uh, my first question, and just for our audience's sake, um, how long have you been compiling this list of best ag apps, and, and how have those apps kind of evolved over the last few years? Uh, yeah, great question. Yeah, so, you know, I've been I've been compiling the list since 2010 on CropLife.com, so I guess about 14 years now. You know, and I, I never intended to make this an annual list, um, but it had such strong interest back then, and it still does today. Um, you know, it continues to to really resonate with our audience. So it's it's been great to dig in and, and research all the new and updated apps every year. Um, but like, like, as you mentioned, you know, the apps really have evolved since I first started that list. Um, you know, if you look over the past 15 years, uh, the evolution of app development has been quite incredible. Developers really have created better versions of those apps that were first launched in the early days of the app stores. Um, you know, initially apps were simple to use. They they offered some basic functions like calculation, record keeping, but that was about it. Uh, you know, and then developers started to add more and more functions to stand out from the crowd. Uh, but unfortunately for users, though, uh, that often led to feature fatigue. So, you know, what began as a useful, focused app had too many extra features over time. So, you know, fortunately, we kind of got into a new era of app development. Um, and uh, that's a good thing. You know, developers are doing one thing and doing it well now. So we're, we're really seeing a trend towards app integration, which is really becoming quite popular in agriculture, uh, you're seeing more ag tech companies who are looking to partner with other app providers to integrate their offerings. So uh, this has ultimately led to better results and improved productivity for the user. So that's that's kind of where we're at today with apps. Okay, yeah, it's 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 funny you talk about uh, you know not intending to see something like this turn into an annual event, and just you know we can certainly identify with that when it comes down to our cotton acreage survey. Uh, you know, 
two guys with uh, just a basic knowledge of, of the industry trying to, uh, to predict where cotton acres are going to fall. And a rudimentary understanding of math. Very rudimentary understanding <laughs> yeah. of it. So, you know, it's, but, but again, it's fun. It's, it's, uh, it's good, it's good, uh, good points of discussion with, uh, with the industry. But anyway, I digress. Now, in this article, in your latest article, uh, you mentioned how artificial intelligence is starting to have a big impact on app development. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, AI is booming in a lot of industries, um, as you know, Jim, in fact, um, and agriculture really is no different. Um, you know, if you guys, if you consider how spending on AI technologies and ag is expected to grow from $1.7 billion in 2023, so, so last year, to $4.7 billion in 2028. And, and that, that explosion in AI is having a huge impact on app development. Um, and really, the, the biggest beneficiary of using AI for apps is the data itself. You know, a, AI is allowing apps to connect and analyze much larger data sets than it could without it. Um, you know, for example, now you have apps that can tie, it, tie together weather data, machinery data, IoT sensor data, satellite imagery. And it really kind of creates a much more robust analysis than ever before. Looking uh, looking ahead for this year, any trends in AI and, and apps that we should uh, we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, you know, I, I think I think one area that will really start to benefit from AI is sustainability. Um, you know, as sustainable farming practices become more and more important, we'll start to see more AI powered apps that help users optimize their resources and minimize that environmental impact. You know, th these apps will help guide growers on their sustainable practices, such as helping them reduce their chemical usage, helping them with water conservation and, and soil health management. So, you know, then there's another area that I think will will certainly benefit and uh, from AI this year and beyond, and that's uh, precision agriculture. You know, we'll, we'll likely see uh, apps that offer much more advanced predictive analytics allowing the farmer to, to make those real-time data-driven decisions on everything from resource allocation to crop management, pest control, you name it. You know, I, I think the sky's the limit on what AI is going to do for that precision ag app. If I'm hearing you right, Matt, it sounds like you're saying that uh, it's effectively AI can be utilized almost in a consultation role and, and you know, advisement based on data that it's collecting and analyzing. Am I hearing that accurately? Yeah, yeah. It, because it's taken so many data points, it, it, it's providing that analysis at, almost at it as an advisory role. You're right, Beck. Yeah. Yeah, I know you mentioned sustainability uh, when discussing AI. I, there are so, so many of our guys, you know, <laughs> going way off script here. Forgive me, Jim. Um, but so many of our guys are like fourth, fifth, sixth generation. Sticks may be pushing it. But this land has been in their family for generations. And uh, that is, by definition, sustainable, right? I mean, they've been on the same ground. They've been doing it sustainably for 100 years. Um, and so they are doing what we now call sustainable practices in terms of reducing water and uh, lighter touch on the land in various ways. But to, what I hear them say is that the cumbersome part is cataloging that stuff. Um, it's the record keeping and the, the maintenance and being able to show the difference from 20 years ago when record keeping was done in a manila folder uh, 30 years ago, you know. Uh, is there, is, 
how is AI helping those guys in that scenario? I guess is my long rambling question. Again, I, th I think it gets back to streamlining the whole process and AI is just part of that. Um, taking the manual process out of it and just providing actionable outcomes, you know, to be able to, yeah. to, to input that information um, more seamlessly, I guess. I got you. Sorry for throwing you a curve there. That's what we do on this podcast. We love to throw curveballs. Yeah. Anyway, you've got this year on your list, you've got more than 30 apps that you have looked at and evaluated. Uh, can you talk about a few of them that really impressed you, as well as maybe some that uh, growers and consultants should definitely be working with on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah, sure thing. Um, you know, since we've been talking about AI, I will share a couple of AI-powered apps with your audience um, that were on the list. Um, the first is called Orbit, and um, Orbit is an AI-driven field scouting app that was developed by a startup called Doctor, and that's spelled D-O-K-T-A-R. Um, and this app uses uh, satellite-based remote sensing technology to allow for um, real-time monitoring of prop health. Prop health. And um, Orbit delivers high-res satellite imagery on a near daily basis, so it makes it a lot easier to identify any anomalies in the field quickly. Um, so basically it's using AI, Orbit is able to pinpoint problem areas and automatically notify users. Um, so, so that's one app. Um, but another one I'd like to mention is Ag MRI from IntelliNair, um, which has really received a lot of great reviews in the App Store. So essentially this is a crop intelligence app that alerts you of what's happening in your field. Um, it's ideal for farmers, agronomists, crop specialists. Um, so Ag MRI is an AI platform uh, that combines ultra high res imagery uh, with machine learning and computer vision to deliver a complete row level detailed view of every acre in every field all season long. So it's, it's really a slick mobile app um, it provides color-coded sortable alerts to make you aware of those uh, yield-killing pressures like uh, weeds and low emergence and nutrient deficiencies and many others. So it's it's definitely worth download, downloading and um, I highly recommend it. And, you know, just one other one I'll bring up is the John Deere Operations Center. It's probably the most popular one. Whenever I ask ex experts to kind of share their favorite app. Um, they always come back with that one because not only is it John Deere, but it's it's integrated with so many other apps that I think that's why it's so popular. So those are the ones I'll share with your audience. But um, if they want to learn about those apps or 30 of the other apps I wrote about, uh, they can visit croplife.com and search for agriculture apps. And I'll be adding new apps to that list throughout the year so they can be sure to check for updates. Okay. Are all the, are all these apps uh, free to download or are there uh, some some costs involved with some? There are some that are subscription-based um, and um, I would say the majority of them are free though. And then they have like a, a paid version in addition to that. So you, you have to kind of wade through those, um, but most of them have a free version of it. Yeah. All right. Now, Matt, you mentioned the John Deere Operations Center, so I'm going to tie it a bow in our interview here, but uh, first I'm going to start with a rambling antidote. Okay, so I'm going to take you back to this past summer. I took my kid up to Lake of the Ozarks with some friends of ours. They have a cabin up there. 
it's late at night. We put the kids to bed. Everybody's on the patio. I may have an adult beverage in my hand. I'm looking, it's very dark at Lake of the Ozarks. I'm looking up into the night sky and off in the distance in this little corner of the sky, I see these, these lights, these lights that are like repetitive. They, they start in, at one point A and they zoom across the sky and they blink out at point B and they're way up in space. And this is happening so repetitively in the same spot that I realize this is not a shooting star and it's dawning on me gradually over the course of a couple of minutes, like, I am seeing a UFO and I'm kind of freaking out about it. Okay. You know, I'm going, people are going to think I'm crazy. How do I tell people about this? I'm going to be the, the UFO guy now. Um, people are going to think I'm weird. Like I kept it to myself. I was like, this is insane. I am a UFO guy now. I just saw the Martians. And uh, so naturally, I get home from the lake. I've kept this to myself and I go do what I always do. I go to Google to look up what this could have possibly been. And after some digging, I discover people have taken video of this exact phenomenon before. It is, uh, it's Elon's Skylink uh, satellites. They do this. And people uh, people all over the world have had the same reaction. And uh, But it's like been confirmed. This is Elon Skylink. So roundabout way of bringing us back home here. Just this past week, we heard that John Deere may have a little, little partnership with Elon going forward, a strategic partnership with SpaceX to expand rural connectivity to farmers through their satellite communications that could certainly have some far-reaching far implications for farmers, uh, not just here, but around the world, especially when it comes to precision and precision ag practices. So I know that you had a story about this. It's just broke this past week, I believe. Um, and I know that you have bylined a story about it. You've reviewed the details of the announcement. Uh, can you just tell us here in this early uh, response to this news item that just happened, this partnership? Uh, what does it mean for ag as we move forward? Yeah, yeah. You know, anytime Elon Musk partners with the largest ag equipment company in the world, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be headline news, right? Um, so, yeah, if you haven't heard, uh, John Deere announced last week that, uh, a deal with SpaceX to expand world connectivity to to farmers through satellite communications. So like you mentioned back, it, you know, using the Starlink network, uh, this solution will allow farmers with poor internet connection or, or really no inter internet connection at all to, to fully leverage Precision Act technologies, um, which is still so critical. You know, even as broadband has grown over the years, it, it's still really lacking in some areas. In fact, I just saw a study that 30% of acres farmed in the U.S. still don't have sufficient internet connectivity, according to some estimates. So, you know, this this is going to go a long way in helping close that gap even further. Um, but yeah, just, just a little bit more about that deal. Uh, according to Deere, um, the solution is going to connect both new and existing machines to high-speed satellite internet, you know, and essentially that's going to enable technologies like autonomy, real-time data sharing, and remote diagnostics, you know, all of which will help the farmer minimize their downtime, be more efficient, and ultimately make them more profitable. Um, you know, in this, like you said, this solution is going to be available uh, in a limited release in the U.S. and Brazil starting in the second half of this year. So, so really, yeah, stay tuned for that. And again, it's exciting news in the world of back tech that we will be certainly, certainly following um, in the months ahead. Yeah, there's there's always something. And I'm, and I'm sure, Beck, I'm just, 
I'm just thinking, listening to your story, I'm not sure that just one adult beverage was involved in that situation Listen, at all. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on. A lot of thoughts <laughs> running through my mind in that moment. It, well, it we, makes me want to go to the Lake of the Ozark, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're it's gonna, dark enough. You see yeah, cool we're stuff. Go down and do some satellite gazing. That's there right. you go. <laughs> and, and people watching. Yes, yeah. definitely. definitely. Well, I mean, of course that. <laughs> but you could you could go to be sure. I'm not crazy. You could Google this. Like people see this, uh, have seen this phenomenon. It's it's his satellites. The the, the more I learn about uh, space, the Starlink connect. It's a bunch of little satellites. It's a constellation. So yeah, what probably looks like stars is really that that satellite uh, network. Yeah, and they like whatever they were doing, moving, they were zooming across the sky. You know, you think, is this a, a drone? My God, but it's wait. I mean, it's the distance you're gauging a dark sky, but you're like, no, this is in space. Um, anyhow, yeah, it was crazy. I'm not crazy. Okay. Let's put this, that's going to be the disclaimer. <laughs> that's going to be the blurb of this episode. Before you listen, understand that Bart's not crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. This is really starting to sound like the plot of an early James Bond movie. Maybe. Could be. Uh, <laughs> Anyway, as, as as Matt mentioned, if you're interested in seeing his entire list of the best agricultural apps for 2024, as well as his breakdown of the uh, this John Deere SpaceX partnership, you can find both of those online at croplife.com, and we certainly encourage you to take a look at that. So, Matt, with that, big thanks for joining us again. We're, uh, we're not going to wait as long next time. Uh, we'll kind of Keep things. We'll monitor and see what you have. Any any additions to this list, and uh, and maybe check back in with you later this year. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me, guys, and I look forward to joining you guys soon. Thank you, Matt. All right. Great. Appreciate it. So, all right, that's going to be it for this episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. Again, we want to thank our colleague Matt Hopkins. Boy, he's sharp. He's a sharp fella. Uh, we want to thank him for sharing his ag tech expertise with us today. Thank you, too, to the American Cotton Shippers Association for their participation and sponsorship of the Cotton Companion Podcast. And of course, as always, we want to say thank you, dear listener, for joining us. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode. If you did like what you heard, please be sure, spread the word, tell your farming buddies and neighbors about the Cotton Companion Podcast. Here's where and how they can find us. You can find the Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, Go to cottongrower.com forward slash companion or simply click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage. Second, subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. And three, sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, The Cotton Grower E-News, that's delivered to your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow Cotton Grower on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter. And on Facebook, you'll find us by searching for Cotton Grower Magazine. Cotton Companion Podcast is produced twice monthly by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues at the World Headquarters for Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. I'm Jim Stedman, East Beck Barnes, and we'll be back with you in a few weeks for the next episode of Cotton Companion. Until then... Stay warm, stay dry, and stay safe. Yeah, he works and he works and he works and he works all day. God made a farmer.